She's a professional aromatherapist, and he is an international wellness advocate for the largest essential oil company in the world. But their love for essential oils has brought them together. Welcome to Fellowship in Essential Oils, where Elizabeth Ashley and Adam Barillet discuss essential oils and their gifts for the body, heart, head and spirit. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fellowship in Essential Oils. Today, Liz, we're going to dive into an oil that some people love, some people hate, but hopefully we can build a bit of an appreciation for it. We're going to explore spikenard. It's not that I definitely love. Um, the, it doesn't smell great, I've got to say. It's, uh, my husband always says whatever I make for him smells disgusting, but I, with this one I have to... <laughs> I have to concede it's not, it doesn't smell great, but it is, I think it's a lifesaver. If somebody's in shock or has had a traumatic uh, um, event or has really bad tummy, really good mm. for um, for uh, bad bellies. And for those who don't know, I've written a book about spikenard. If you have a look on, uh, uh, on Amazon, you'll be able to find it. And it has a picture of a phoenix on the front. Uh, because it was said that the the phoenix lived in a nest made of spikenard. Oh, really? Because normally it is native to areas like I know, um, like high up in the mountains of Nepal and so on. So, is that kind of you know? Do you know much behind the mythology of the phoenix from that area? Yeah. So the so the phoenix it, actually the, there's a lot about the 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 research I did on the phoenix in the book. Um, it was kind of a, a Greco-Egyptian um, mythology and it's very much connected with the rebirth of the sun. Um, mm. And they do think that, the, 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 while the phoenix obviously is a mythical creature, um, it's known as the Bennu bird in um, Egyptian mythology. They do think there was like a giant kind of um, flamingo at the time um, that looked like it was uh, might have looked like it was flying on the top of a heat haze. Um, so they think maybe that's what people saw. But the idea of the um, the phoenix was that it was a creature that never died. So the the bay the uh, the phoenix would uh, I can't remember it exactly, but the phoenix would fly to Heliopolis, which was a, um, a <clears throat> A famous temple um, in Greece, and um, it would land on the altar, and it would. It, it, I think it used to take its father, is the thing, and then it would make itself uh, a nest made of nard and of frankincense. Then it would pack itself into an egg made of myrrh and set itself on fire, and then mm. it would die. And from the third day, a little wormy new bird would grow and see how this perpetual thing. And this happened every 500 years. Uh, so um, Herodotus talks about it and he says nobody's ever seen it happen because it happens every 500 years. So there's nobody that's alive that does it. But this idea of something that dies and rises again in three three days is very interesting that it's connected with spikenard because, of course, that's the nard that they say that Christ's feet was anointed with. Uh, yes. So this interesting link over mythology happening. Very much so. And I guess, you know, we're, we're recording this in December, the last month of the year, when everyone's kind of 
winding down for one year and getting ready for the next. And there is that kind of that energy of reinvention and re- rebirthing that kind of comes of like, okay, what what's worked and what hasn't worked and how do I want to change it? So Spike Nard, um, not, you know, normally attributed as much as myrrh and frankincense to Christmas celebrations and so on, but it really could be quite, um, you know, quite relevant at this time of year, couldn't it? I, I Yes, because it's definitely a winter oil. Um, but I would say if you were to give it a day, then it would be a Good Friday oil. It's mm. the word, or maybe like the Saturday, that time of the darkness when things are feel like they are completely desolate. That is yeah. the, that's the vibration of Spike Canard. So just to be clear, I guess we should kind of make sure that everyone's on the same page when it comes to Spike Canard being referred to um, in the Bible. So just before Jesus was crucified. Um, Mary Magdalene had an alabaster jar um, and it was filled with what they refer to as nard, which we believe is spike nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet as a bit of a, you know, a sign of respect and gratitude before he was crucified. So that's where it kind of is featured as being a really important um, essential oil or substance in the Bible and thus in spirituality as well, yeah? Uh, yeah, yes. Um we don't know it was Mary Magdalene. We assume it was Mary Magdalene. We 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 heard it was Mary, so mm-hmm. uh, it could have. It's unlikely to have been his mother, but it could um, as easily have been a lady called Mary of Bethany, who turns up in um, lots of different narratives in the, the Bible, and she was also one of the Myrophores who uh, embalmed his body at the end of the of his life so she was definitely like a, a mistress of the myrrh that's what my, of the oils that's what a Myrophore is so it could have been her but we think it probably was Mary Magdalene and likewise we, we hear that the ointment was nard um, but interestingly and again a long a lot of investigation of this in the book I really enjoyed doing it uh, trying to find archaeological evidence obviously we we don't know what nard was, so we 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 suspect it was spike nard, and I talk about lots of sort of um, men from the eighteen hundreds, nineteen hundreds, had done lots of research into this to try to work out uh, what it was, and there was a lot, lots of different narratives that it could have been. So it could have been lavender. Lavender is also sort of called nard sometimes, um, and also ginger grass. Uh, which was really interesting to me. But um, by the end of it, I, I did set out to disprove the idea that it was Spike Canard, but I, I do agree it was by the end of it, yeah. Yeah. Was there other references apart from just that one biblical reference where Spike Canard was being used in that area? Well, so if you look at the Bible itself as an entity, not that I recall. Um, however, my my favourite story comes from Apocrypha. So um, if anybody doesn't know what Apocrypha is, Apocrypha is um, books that were written around about the same time as the, as the New Testament were, was written, um, sometimes Jewish, sometimes Christian, Gnostic. But when they decided what was going to go into the Bible, they said, no, that's, that's not. But so it's written around about the same time. Um, and it's a book called the Proto Evangelium of James, a very important apocryphal gospel, Christian, um, that talks about a lot about the childhood of Christ. Um, and actually, it's from there that we get the idea that uh, 
of, of the Immaculate Conception. So a lot of people think that the Immaculate Conception means that Jesus was immaculately conceived. Not so. The Immaculate Conception was that Mary was also born of a virgin birth, so that she was immaculate too. So it's a very interesting book, a beautiful book, talks about how she gave birth. She said that um, in, in this book she gives birth in um, in a cave, um, and that a midwife was there to check that she was intact before and after the, the um, birth. So it was beautiful stuff. And in there, it talks about how spikenards was also used when Jesus was, uh, or, or Yeshua, perhaps we should say, um, was circumcised. And that the, um, the, spike, the, the foreskin was placed into... Um, spikenard and preserved in that or in nard I should say nard now the reason why uh, this is one of my favorite stories is because I have like a, a personal connection to this so uh, my in-laws live in France in a um, place local to Cheru and there's this beautiful old um, not a temple not even a church like a monastery really um, with a big tower and my mother-in-law used to say, "This is the people used to pilgrimage here from all over. And they used to go, why? And she'd go, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. Anyway, so in the, the research for this spikenard, I discovered that this was people came here to visit the royal foreskin, the, the divine foreskin. And so in around about the 1500s, because relics became this huge like tourist attraction, the problem was that the Vatican had that everybody was going, I've got the royal foreskin. No, I've got the royal foreskin. No, I've got the royal foreskin. So we called the Priapus. And there's about 10 different places around Europe that said, we have it. We're a bit like I Spartacus. We have it. No, we have it. And in the end, he, uh, the Pope at the time, can't remember his name, ruled that the one at Sheru was the real one. Don't know how they managed to, do, to work that out. But so this is why they were all pilgrimaging to this place. They were coming mm -hmm. to see the royal, the relic of the holy foreskin. I, I, I've suddenly my brain's gone off on DNA testing would be a really interesting. Right, but so you go, you go from DNA testing to Monty Python. <laughs> it always amuses me. I think it's ever so funny, but also yeah. delightful. Yeah, very much so. Now, a bit of a trivia question for you: Do you know why? You know, like in the Bible, it's referred to as Nard. How did we get to Spike Nard? Do you know? Um. I don't know, but but I can say that's one of the reasons why they think that lavender might be nard because of spike mm. lavender. Is it something to do with the star speaker? I'm not sure. What I think there's a relationship, that? and I can't remember exactly, but I think there's a relationship with the with the star speaker. Yeah, but go on. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, you know, you've spoken a little bit about, you know, it, it's great for a few physical things. I know a lot of people that have got hold of some spike nard. Maybe they've read about it. It sounds, you know, it's got that biblical reference. It sounds like a fascinating oil. They've got it home. It's arrived. They've smelt it. Uh, they've now ordained it to be called stink nard because they don't like the aroma of it. On a physical level, what? where would you reach? Like you mentioned a couple of things quickly when we started. Where does spikenard work in the physical realm of healing? So um, if you look at it from a, a point of view of Ayurveda, it works mm -hmm. on a particular pathway of energy called Rakta Datu. 
So the datus are sort of, um, they become hot and cold, if you like. And rectodatu is about extreme heat moving through the body. So you might think of, so it's like an extension of pitta dosha. So you might think of really hot, painful periods, really angry explosions of temper or of diarrhea. You might also think of um, projectile vomiting, this idea that there's like a volcano about to explode in the body. Um, the other thing that I always think of is real burning cystitis, you know, where the, mm -hmm. everything is just like, oh, it feels really bad. Um, your skin goes really reactive, like um, for in eczema, but also rosacea. So that like as if there's a fire, well, as if the phoenix is coming back yeah. um, exploding in the body and spike nod brings it right down. Um, does it, oh, go on. I was going to say, so it grounds explosiveness. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and, and the idea as well that, um, and and personally, I use it for terror. When you've gone around the corner and you weren't expecting what you were going to see and it was like, I can't unsee it. So things like PTSD, um real horrific anxiety in the masterclass somebody was asking me what i thought was the best oil for anxiety and whilst it's not like a low level like rumbling anxiety all of the time it's for that is one of the worst things that's ever happened to me and i, I just don't you know paralyzed i always mm -hmm. say like <clears throat> in the cartoon frightened cat you know when the cat's hair standing on end that's that's well spiked it's spiked uh that's that's a spiky nod yeah. yeah. And with so many people not being a fan of the aroma, I actually do quite like it. Like many essential oils, sometimes you have an aversion to start off with and you learn to love it and appreciate it, um, probably because of its value as well. Um, how would you would you recommend people using this more topically or for things like terror, you know, are they just putting it in a blend? How would you to go about topically using Topically and in the bath. Yeah. 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 Um, and actually, so... Another thing that's in the book, it's all coming back to me as I uh, as I uh, speak. In India, uh, it's a root, if people don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's a root of a tiny, tiny flower, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, it's used for cholera. And mm. um, in uh, dates, around about 1860, 1863, I think, cholera went right the way through Europe and hundreds of people died. And I can remember reading about a street that was not far from where I grew up, where every person except for one died. And the cholera wow. just wiped out a whole street. And it was real awful um, situation. And one man who had been like a, one of these East India botany collectors had was really campaigning hard through the newspapers through the medical um, newspapers in England saying please listen to me what I'm saying India are on top of this because they're using spikenard um and so this the, this awful dysentery that was you know the, the sickness and diarrhea of course now we know washing hands is the deal but they didn't know that then uh and people were just dying in them literally millions in england and he was going please please listen 
they've really got a handle on it. They're using spike nodes over here, and it's just stopping it. But they never listened, uh, and and it was really to Britain's peril that they didn't, because India really got on top of it using spike nodes. Yeah, wow. And I was interested when you said at the start that, you know, it's an oil that you'd use for the digestion system. To be honest with you, I've never really heard of it being referred to for that. Would you use it in those kind of cases where, you know, diarrhea, there's like food poisoning, that type of thing to kind of yes. bring yes. down that explosiveness again? Yes. Chronic yeah. chronic diarrhea, awful cramping um, because it is it's tremendous for pain. Um, and the other thing is um, sleep. If somebody really can't sleep, it's a it's it's a good one. But again, it's a it's a sleep from terror. You know, just things going through the mind. They can't settle. It's a it's a mm. really amazing sleep thing. But yeah, anything that's hot and explosive that that's its application. But so in two thousand fifteen, I was invited to go and speak in China for the International Federation of Aromatherapists. And when you speak for the IFA, you honest to goodness, you are treated like royalty. And they take you to all of these different places. And we went to the most beautiful restaurant where they served apparently the world's best Peking duck. And there was nothing that I tasted that could argue with that. It was incredible. And we had some special guests there from an orphanage um, that... Uh, the IFA sponsor, uh, they raise money for this orphanage. So I don't know if people know that the um, the living wage in Nepal where spikenard grows, um, it grows in the, in the foothills of the Himalayas and, and quite high up, sort of to sort of around about, um, about 800,000 feet, I think, if I remember rightly. Um, their, their average wage is really, really low. And so... Because this is like this area of incredible flora, most people in Nepal supplement their income. Around about another quarter of the year's wages comes from going off and harvesting uh, medicinal plants for export. Because for most of them, they don't even know what they're for. Um, they don't. It's not really taught over there. Um, and these children were in this orphanage not because they didn't have parents, but because their parents were going off to um to do this this work so they would go for around about three months four months at a time and these children would live in this monastery which was so high up in the mountains <clears throat> way above it's so close to the sun and all of their skin was really really burnt there was no protection for their skin whatsoever now don't get me wrong these were happy kids there was nothing wrong with the way that they were brought up but i really want to stress to people the cost of getting this oil, the personal cost, is colossal. You know, those children go without parents for uh, for months at a time. Those parents don't see their children growing up, you know, and those children are in a place where potentially they're going to have skin cancer because of us using those essential oils. So whilst it is an incredibly important essential oil, and we should definitely all have a bottle it's a bottle for those awful moments, not not like just use it for the sake of using it. Please, I beg you, don't just use it for the sake of using it. Yeah, I, you know, I've had the opportunity to go to Nepal um, and do some work there after the big earthquakes that happened several years ago now. No, I'm not going up as high as where Spike Mad comes from, but where a lot of wintergreen, um, Nepalese wintergreen is sourced from. And seeing, must admit, you know, 
poverty like I haven't seen before. Exactly. Um, but happiness like I've Very never seen before happy. as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and someone gave a really interesting kind of talk to us at the time about, you know, what is poverty? And, you know, we were talking about oh, having, you know, food and medicine and that type of thing. And then the kind of they flipped it and said, well, what do you not have? And we're like, well, we don't have time to spend without our loved ones and we've got too much, you know, we don't have that type of luxury. And she's like, well, look what they have here. So who's the poor people really type of thing? And it's really quite insightful to um, to have that kind of flipped around about that we're all poor in one way or another, not to discredit, you know, the, the challenges that people in Nepal have. Um, I also had the pleasure of meeting someone who got to source, um, went and kind of started the initial conversations with people that were um, going out and um, collecting the spike nard. He said from Kathmandu he drove for six days and then the road stopped and he had to trek for 23 days. And he's like, I'm here on an assignment. I'm here to get something by the name of spike nard. Do you have any? And they you know, eagerly brought out this root and he smelt it and he's like, I've just gone on a week's ordeal to get something that and smells it's like thing. Yeah, they gave me a, <laughs> a, a, a bag of it, and I was like, um, what on earth is that? It took me ages to work out what it was. Grubby-looking thing. But actually, so um, it's also got another name. So people will often call it the Jatamansi. That's the Latin name, but it's called the Jatamansi. Um, and it kind of can grow in the UK. So I every year... I buy one and kill it, but <laughs> it's not. I just don't do very well with it at all. But just to, to tell people, it, it's like it has a big root, which is obviously what they're, they're farming, and then this incredibly long, very very thin stalk, and the tiniest, tiniest little whitey, pinky white flowers. Think of a forget me not, and think of like a quarter of a size. So pretty, but. It just gets lost in amongst everything else. Everything else goes over the mm. top. Like, Where's it gone? And I don't even know why I grow it, really, because how can I ever use it? It's never never going to be able to use that. But I just, there's something about the plant that I just love so much. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And I do believe that most of the sourcing of spite that is through what's called wild harvesting. So what that is instead of, you know, being grown and farmed and that kind of thing, it is kind of collected in the wild. But those that are collecting it need to be careful because it's not just about ripping it all out everywhere because there'll be none left, that you need to put some of the um, plant back so that it does continue to grow for the next season. And it may it, it's a bit protected as well. So sometimes there can be some supply issues because, yeah, but- you know, there is a protective uh, stipulation now as well that it can only be made into an essential oil in Nepal now. So mm. previously it was going to India and, it, of course, India were just making an expl- huge amounts of money from it. But now it's protected that it has to stay in that country so that they can use that as like um, like an economical boost to the to their country. Yeah. They need for sure. I want to share a little bit of a story. I had never actually heard of Spike now before it kind of came into my hands one day. And I, you know, we, we I had a little bottle of it. And one of the things I love to do before I start diving into a new essential oil and going, okay, well, what does everyone else think about it? I'm like, well, what's my first impression? Just like it's nice when we meet someone if we don't have any preconceived ideas. So I open up the bottle. I smelt it and I was like, oh, it's an interesting smell. I wasn't repulsed by it. But then the word that echoed in my mind was namaste. Now, 
I knew nothing about this plan. And, you know, Namaste has many different translations, but the one that really resonates for me is the light within me honors the light within you. And where I've found is we kind of, it was interesting that, you know, did Jesus need to have his feet anointed? No, but someone wanted to give him that gift so that, you know, as a sign of Aureus. And I think Spikenard for me has become this really amazing oil for people to work with when it comes to realising our own self-worth. And I remember very much once when doing a reading and one of the oils that came up for this person was Spikenard. And often when I go to that, I kind of go down the narrative of, well, okay, what what's your value in this world? You're underplaying, um, you know, who you are and that type of thing. And she was like, oh, no, 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 no. I know. She was a, a clairvoyant. She's like, I'm very good at what I do and, you know, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And the little voice in my head or one of the many said, um, uh, prompted me to ask her, does your family know that you're a clairvoyant? And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I could never tell my children. They'd think I'd wacko and they'd never let me look after my grandchildren, that type of thing as well. So I find on an emotional healing level, it's a really, really powerful one for realising our gifts and being okay with be, allowing ourselves to each be honest in our own light. And most of us, when someone pays us a compliment, I'd encourage them to reflect, how do we respond to that? A lot of the time we're like, you know, they're like, oh, you look great today. Like, oh, no, this, I just threw this on, oh, my hair's, you know, I'm getting fat, blah, blah, blah. And we don't actually realise our value. But if we're not shining brightly and, you know, be um, it, it's getting that balance between being boastful and, you know, having self-worth. But if we're not valuing ourselves, then we're not valuing our contribution to the world. And I think Spike now can help really powerfully with that. And I have found it to do that for several people. I would say there's other oils that could do the job. We don't need to use it for that. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. But, 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 that, but, but, because... Like this, this thing of like, don't use it unless you have to, is is deep, like a core thing with me. Uh, yeah. And so, to me, I agree that that would be true. But to mm. me, I would say, but there's other oils that could do that. Ah, what would you go for in that case then? Someone who's not valuing their gifts and don't don't feel that they're a valuable contributor to the world. I think I'd probably go something like lime. Okay. Um or what else? Maybe patchouli. Hmm. Ones that uh, ones that kind of make you feel more in your body of like you in you inhabit that whole space, if that makes sense, rather than fractionalize yourself off. Yeah. Um, but um yeah, to to me. That unless that was causing like a, a some kind of psychological split in in the person's psyche, I'd be going, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It might probably like where I where I'd prompt people to reach for it is those periods in time when we seem to hit a, a bit of a low point or we're we're kind of getting stuck in the world and we're not realizing maybe things are going wrong around us and we need to like a phoenix evolve. But in order for the phoenix to kind of be reborn. We've got to we've got to re believe in ourselves, and I think people often get this. You know, whether it be you know certain times in their life. I was talking to someone yesterday who's about to turn forty two, which is when Uranus is what's called um, in opposition to when we were born. Different things like that, like your midlife crisis, things like that. It might be a little time just to kind of lean into spite now for a short period of time, just to go. Things are changing. I can't stay where I am. I need to get out of this nest and. and build the next one but if you don't believe in yourself 
a lot of people will stay in relationships, in jobs, in scenarios because they don't believe that they deserve any better. And that's maybe where I'd kind of go, that might be a good one for Spike Nut there for that kind of evolution. Yeah, I think that from a planetary point of view, it's to me, it's definitely a Saturn oil. Mm. Um, from the point of view of like how dull and like um, monotonous and dark the world feels when you've got that Saturn transit. Also, like the idea of how Saturn rules the bones and that kind of uh, the structure of the body. Spikenard's very good for those kind of situations where the body is cold and creaky. Um, but it's interesting the way uh, I'd absolutely agree with like the, the, the 42, uh, you're on this transit. So I would say that that that's like a strange time, almost like the problem that has somebody has with that midlife crisis is they're stuck between Saturn's going do the work, all that responsibility, pay the bills. And then Neptune's going, come on, come and play, come and play. And then you get that. So, so you still have that Saturn thing um, of like the, the monotony, the responsibility, the authority, um, the duty. I mean, bear in mind, we're talking about, let's take it back to the idea that she anointed her his feet. He, he knew something awful was coming, you know, mm. and the idea that, uh, that you've got to follow that duty through. And I, in the, the earlier books that I wrote, I did a lot with music. Um, and if I remember rightly in this book, uh, one of the, the, the pieces of music I uh, picked was from was Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey and uh, from Prince of Egypt. And it was the, the, um, the song that was sung by the people, the uh, Israelites coming out of Egypt. And this idea that just got to trust that this is going to work. Just got to trust, have this faith. And I do think that that is very much a, a spike and odd thing that there is no reason for me to trust. Everything's gone, but I am going to keep on trying to trust. Yeah. So maybe spike now might be a good oil for when we need to take a leap of faith. Yes. So- Things like deciding to call off a relationship, deciding to leave a job, deciding to, you know, with my what with my Uranus opposition, I decided to up, up and leave a relationship and move to the Middle East for a year type of thing. It's normally those things. And you've just got to believe in yourself and need that support. Kind of something has to die in order for something new to grow. And maybe Spite now can give you some strength. To, it's hard to make those types of decisions in our life. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about people who are in a domestic abuse relationship and to an outsider they're like well if it was that bad they'd have left you know but people don't understand the sheer power of the fear of what will happen if i leave Mm. and and the fear becomes so so overwhelming that you take everything then yes then that would be a spike and odd thing because it's like we've got to address that terror yeah yeah yeah. So I guess maybe as we've kind of mined down a little bit to clarify, it's not just a self-worth one, like you're feeling a bit low today, so give yourself a pick-me-up. You know, you, you said lime, um, you know, I, I'd go bergamo, um, that, those kind of things. They're, they're the kind of everyday ones, but when it's time for that, like, that grounded self-belief and that real kind of like, you got this kind of thing, you got to, you got to, you know, you got to take yeah, that leap. I mean, 
really, if you were to give like that moment an, a name, it's initiation. You know that you are going, going through this massive spiritual crisis mm. and into a, a new way of being, and terrifying. You know, you're in the you definitely in the dark night of the soul. Yeah. Yep. No, I agree. So obviously, you know, you you wrote a whole book on Spite Mad. For me, it isn't one that I reach for often, kind of thing. Any other fascinating facts that you think people need to know about Spite Mad from the you body? Read the all book. The read the book. What I have to say <laughs> is that it's four hundred pages long. It's the longest of all the books that I wrote, and there was so much to find about that oil. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Did you think it would be 400 pages when you started this, the project? No, not at all. No. And what made you spike that? Yeah, so, so actually, uh, I'm not going to reveal because of an extremely personal moment in my life, but something happened where I was encountered by the worst kind of terror. Uh, yeah. Awful. Uh, and I had to leave where I was and I had to go back on the train two hours and... I was crying all the way. I was just so frightened, talking to psychiatrists, trying to keep me uh, me calm. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't go back there. I can't see this place again. Uh, and so I was just like, what's what's in the cupboard? Couldn't even go near my oils. It's just like open the door to the bathroom cupboard, spike and all. Yeah, that might work. Stuck it in the bath, went to yeah. sleep. And the next morning I was like, right, so how do we address this problem then? And I was like, what how did you go through that you know i just even to this day i'm like how did you go from i uh, unbelievable fear to the next day the very next day going well it's awful but i I can't just walk away from it um and it was incredible and i was like what do people know about this oil let's go and find Mm. out what people know about this oil yeah yeah, definitely. I, I'm, I'm toying around in my head with the uh, with the astrology as, as we're kind of diving a little bit deeper. I originally have attributed it to Venus for that kind of self-worth, but I'm thinking now, maybe, would, how would it go as an Uranus um, plant, do you think, for that ability to help us with those transitions? Um, I think that the energy of... It's almost the opposite. It's like the counter to mm. Uranus. Uranus is almost like Pluto's got an explosive energy, hasn't it? Whereas yes. Saturn is cool and the cold. And he's really, really cool. And, and interestingly, the only really real reason that it, that, that it'd been in my bathroom cupboard was I like to mix it with spearmint. So for interestingly, mentis spicata, spike again. And mm. and the two of them together are really cooling. So in the summer, if, for hot feet, it's fantastic. So that it is a really cooling oil. Remember, everything that you're using is um is for an explosive energy. So I can see you could say like uh, Uranus like um, rulership, but it actually like it's the antithesis of it. If that yeah. makes sense, it's yeah. cold and it's like sit there, do nothing, be quiet. You know. Yeah. It, it, it just mm. you can't do anything. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. Chakra wise, where would you place it with the chakras then? Um, root, root chakra, brow chakra, crown chakra. Yeah, I tend to work with the earth star chakra with that more that deeper honouring and you know it's a kind of a bit of a higher vibration kind of oil as well. Yeah. 
Well, it's a very interesting oil, and I hope hopefully we've been able to help people appreciate it a little bit more and know when to value. First of all, one to value it. Secondly, when to value it and when to reach for it as well. And hey, if it's good enough for Jesus, he didn't use it every day, just on special occasions. So that's one <laughs> one note that we really want to leave it with. But of course, where can people grab your Spike Nard book if they want to dive in a little bit more? Yeah, to you, you can get it directly from me, but easiest at this time of year to get it, it's on Amazon. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Now, if, if you are interested, we've kind of floated around these ideas of what's called Saturn returns and Jupiter returns. Chiron returns and Uranus returns. Have a bit of a Google if those kind of terms of interest are due. And maybe in the masterclass, I can talk a little bit about them, a bit more of these significant times in our lives that when you look back at certain ages, when planets return back to where they were when you were born, it seems to kind of, it's different from a retrograde where like a retrograde, something happens to everyone. But the returns are personal. They happen at different times for each individual on this planet. And it is, it, they kind of parallel with things like the good old famous um, midlife crisis as well. Uh, and there are oils that can obviously help us transition through each of them as well. But we piqued your interest, check that out as well. Our next masterclass will be in early February. Look down below for the link and the details. But thank you very much for joining us today on Fellowship in Essential Oils. We'll see you soon when we dive into another gift from Mother Nature. Bye-bye.